0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Cheesemay and Kiki. I'm Anastasia.
1: And I'm Kareen.
0: If this is your first time here with us, hey, hi, nice to meet you. And if you're a returning listener, you have no idea how much we appreciate you all for coming back to join us. So real quick before we get started, our podcast is for shits and giggles. Nothing in this podcast is legal advice. We repeat, nothing in this podcast is legal advice. Our opinions here are not our professional opinions and should not be relied upon as legal advice or consultation. Our content is tea, aka gossip, and for those purposes only. And we've compiled this information from already available sources online. Also, us opining on a case that you or anyone else suggested should also not be taken as legal advice or consultation. So with that disclaimer, let's get into it. And all of our claims made here in or anywhere else are all alleged. Everything is alleged. We know nothing for real. So up uh, first we have our docket rundown where we run down some of the like current things going on in the court dockets throughout the world. (laughs) But in the entire international world, I like search it up before I come on and I give you guys all the important international news. So up on today's important international news is the story of Erica Mena and Safari Samuel. So for all the degenerates out there, such as myself who watch or stay abreast of the newest developments on the various love and hip hop franchises, Y'all already know who Erica and Safari are. <laughs> but for you civilized people, Erica Minna and Safari Samuels are two reality stars. I think um, Erica started off as like a video girl or um, aspiring singer or like both of them. <laughs> and she's been on Love and hip hop for years. Safari is a relatively new cast member. He joined... After ending, it's about like approximately ten year relationship with a lady named Onika Mirage, aka Nicki Minaj. (laughs) And after that breakup, Baby Boy needed to secure his bag. So, reality TV it was.
1: That's that's the Atlanta show, right? Is that I think they might,
0: or no? They I always thought they were in LA, but they might be in Atlanta. I don't remember which one they are. There's so many. I think they are in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't think they were on the one with Jocelyn. I think they might be LA.
1: Okay. Yeah, I but just I don't remember know. seeing it on uh, on MTV
0: or something. Or they might be on Love and Hip Hop New York. Like, there's, like, New York, Atlanta, LA, uh, I think. so it's, like, so the Atlanta, real housewives. Atlanta.
1: Like, they have various different cities.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they, like, cross over because all of a sudden – this one person was in Atlanta, and now they in LA, and so now they're on the LA one. So they don't—they on don't one of them or a few of them, child. And um, so Erica and um, Erica Minna and Safari they met, fell in love. Uh, Erica got pregnant, had a baby, and then Erica got pregnant again. Safari was pissed; he was on some bitch baby shit. But I digress. Um, then they got divorced while Erica was in her second pregnancy. So. Our interest for this story today is over the recent child support order that Erica received along with her um, finalizing of her divorce papers. Um, and she posted a video. and She's all excited because, like, she got her divorce. And then she she finds out what the amount of child support she got was. And she starts, like, bawling. Like, she is crying like she ain't never cried before. And you're like, what is going on? And I'll see if I can insert the audio, but in case I can't, I'm going to read it. So, like, she's crying her eyes out, ugly face and everything. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Now all of this financial burden with my children is on me? It's not fair. Like, he doesn't have to pay nothing of it. Nothing. This is fucked up. But, end quote, end, end scene. <laughs> but we found out after that safari didn't have to pay nothing of it he had to pay four thousand and three hundred and five dollars of it so and that's his per month amount now for normal people that's a whole hell of a lot of child support <laughs> that's a yeah. month that's uh two checks for most people you feel me oh yeah that's the whole, that's a whole nother job um and so twitter burned into polemics polemic debates on oh if God. there was a trifling gold digger or a 14 K plus really isn't enough for an alleged millionaire. Like her and Safari are at least, you know, $1 millionaires, right? Like they have money, right? They're not, mm. it's not Nicki Minaj level money no more. Right. But they have money from these shows and the, the ad deals they get with them so on and so forth. And uh, I think the house that they had was like worth 1.3 million yeah and um so like keeping that in mind right and the fact that i think i know this typically comes up for spousal payments i believe or at least it used to things might be a little different but it was like this phrase that you need to keep the ex-wife in the in the life in which she has become accustomed to and i thought the same thing for children so like you're a millionaire, y'all, you know, you've been living with your your baby mama, your wife, these kids, y'all break up. If the mom makes 4,000 a month, which will be, you know, fine for a regular person. But if that child is used to, you know, $20,000 daycare and $50,000 school and, you know, a gigantic house, like, no, you have to give that mother child support to keep that child accustomed to that life, which is why some celebrities pay like $30,000 a month in child support. They'll be paying bank because they have to keep that child accustomed to the life in which they have become accustomed. (laughs) So with that in mind, and also Erica herself is not broke, right? I'm sure she is a low millionaire as well. And I don't mean that to sound disrespectful. She's a low millionaire. Like I'm not a, any millionaire. So I'm, (laughs) I don't even mean it in no shade. Right. But like she has some, I'm sure she has at least a few million. So what, what, what are your thoughts? I would, I want to, I want to ask the people, but like, they can actually, talk <laughs> they can't talk back, but so like, what are your thoughts on that, Kareem? Because like before Erica, our people were saying that Erica had full custody, but Safari did chime in on some of the, when this went viral and he was like, stop spreading false news. Me and Erica have joint custody of my kids which to me changes a lot. <laughs> he has joint custody. Y'all have joint custody. Um, you lucky you get any child support, really. <laughs> but so what are your thoughts on 4K? Yeah, on well,
1: yeah, I mean, so I guess that they're both millionaires and um, and he's paying 4305 a month. That's like almost $52,000 a year. And then mm-hmm. 52000 out of just 1 million is 5%. So he's just paying 5% of his net worth if he's, you know, a million or he makes a million a year. So that's really not that much. Um, So I guess the question would be, and I don't know like how this works with divorces at all, since we don't practice family law or divorce, but I'd be curious if there's anything that says like, who is the one who like has to pay the school bills and the daycare, right? Does the divorce Mm -hmm. or like does the child support like, say that because then that affects it right so like if it isn't and she's the one who's paying the bills then I'd be like that's not enough because you're only paying like five percent of what you earned in a year which is not enough for your child and what I pay for like you mentioned that the school if it it was like 50,000 or the daycare daycare is super expensive even for "Quote unquote normal average people." Um, yeah, so, it
0: might be four thousand a month just for regular people. They care.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why people you know stay at home because it could literally be a whole salary. So they're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth it to them to just stay at home because um, I guess maybe they'd rather stay at home than pay their full salary to it and want to spend more time with their kids. I think that's what people think about. But yeah. I feel like 4305 might not be enough defending, like, right, because I'm like, I don't know that the divorce agreements or the child custody says, like, who has to pay what. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if he says, no, I'm not going to pay for the school, then then what? She's going to pay it, right? Erica's going to pay it, probably. So.
0: Yeah. And I couldn't find the actual order. Sorry, y'all. I tried. And I don't know if it's not if it's not published because it deals with kids, I'm not sure. Um, but if I come across it, I'll post it or update you all. But yeah, I didn't find the actual order, but I was, so that that there's two questions. I know there's a lot of questions, but one of the things is who actually has primary custody? Yeah. Or are they sharing joint custody? Um, to me, that makes a difference. But then, like you said, um, with that, is there a splitting of things such as health insurance, um, tuition fees, things like that. Because the the cost of keeping the kids, if you're actually splitting them, joint, that's also the thing, what is joint custody? Um, when people say joint, I think 50-50, but joint custody doesn't have to be 50-50. It can be, oh child, math ain't my strong suit. So let's say what, 70, 20, 70, 80, 90, no, okay. 80, <laughs> 20, whatever, whatever gets you to hundred. Like you can have it broken down in a variety of ways. And so what that looks like is important because if you have your kid, like for, for me, my parents switched off every week, literally, every single week I switched off. And so they're like, my father and my mother were both paying for me to be in their household, feeding me, buying me clothes, right? If I, you know, they both had health insurance for me. Well, I don't know if my dad did, but you know, <laughs> like, so there's like, a, you're, you both are sharing this burden. So like, you know, like nobody needs to, I don't need to give money to your household you need to be able to support your child on your own, um, or let me have them full time, um, because you know we're both splitting the expenses because this child is in our house equally um, for like the equal amount of time, and so that that makes sense to me. But if your custody agreement is I have them throughout the entire school year and you have them in the summer right? That can be a joint custody agreement, but that parent who has them during the summer is not spending the same amount of money on those children that they are, that the parent is who has them the entire school year. Yeah. And so like you said, like, how does the, does, it does the order separately include how things like tuition and insurance and things like that get split? If those things are split, mainly insurance and tuition, um, then I'm okay with that $4,000 a month if they have joint custody. Yeah. And if that joint custody is almost 50-50 um, because there's no reason he needs to pay to keep, keep like, you know, he doesn't need to be putting money. Nobody needs to be putting money into the other's household if you both have that kid for equal amount of time. Mm-hmm. If you are unable to care for your child when they are with you alone, I think that you should then temporarily forfeit having physical custody of that child our primary physical custody until you're in a better financial predicament um the other thing is oh my mind just went blank <laughs> but the other thing is the thing is too a lot of these people look rich right it could be safari and a millionaire. I'm saying he's a millionaire, but I don't want to know that motherfucker books and pockets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He might not really be a millionaire, right? They be buying these houses, these cars, these chains, all that shit on credit. <laughs> they be getting that yeah, shit on credit. That. That's why when yeah. they go that's why when they go, they you know, they go broke, they money get fucked up, or they catch a case like Jen Shaw, all of a sudden shit getting Ooh. repossessed. Shit only getting yeah. repossessed if you don't own that shit outright so <laughs> that's what a lot of them be doing so that yeah, could be the Jen case Shaw didn't own anything of her stuff yeah. that you saw on tv exactly and most of i mean i don't know what safari was doing with nikki but he just seemed to be her boyfriend and hype man you feel me so i don't know what his money stacks look like what he has saved up um but he might be he might be making two hundred thousand dollars a year and if he's making $200,000 a year and paying $4,000 a month, that's actually a nice amount, you know? So that's the question too. For those those papers, for the paperwork for child support, he would have had to submit his financial, um, his finan- papers um, that support or make clear his financial situation, what assets he had, so on and so forth. And so that could also be part of the issue as well. Um,
1: yeah, I feel like he would have to have a decent, I mean, I don't, Again, because I don't practice in family law, I don't know what the child custody agreements look like. But I feel like forty three hundred five is like that is that's a good right. That's a, that was like my first year salary. <laughs> so Girl. I'm like, um, that's that's not bad. Like that's that's um, I'd be yeah, I'd be curious to know. And maybe people can put it in the comments if they have experience in it. What's like a number you generally see? Um getting up for uh, custody agreements I'd be I'd be pretty curious if if people who are listening who actually
0: practice or maybe from
1: your own personal experience like what 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 that really looks
0: like because I'm like well if it was your first year salary maybe if it isn't enough (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) but it could be too your salary is being taxed I don't think child support is being taxed Mm. so she's literally just getting that whole amount you know Whereas if you making fifty something thousand a year, you usually not gonna bring home four thousand a month. That might be your net um, or what your gross, but your net is gonna be way lower than that. So that's still um, because like. If if you were making fifty thousand dollars a year in, in SF and Cali, you broke. You know what I'm saying? I say it as like I know what that's like. Yeah. That's not a lot of money. You're so I mean when you put it like that, shit, maybe Erica do need more money. <laughs> yeah. But she not getting taxed on it, how we be getting taxed on it. So So yeah, that was all for the Safari and Erica minute. I thought it was interesting because y'all know how Twitter get, everybody has a PhD, a master's in social work, anthropology, economics, and medicine. So, of course, everybody had all these ideas and these thoughts and shit got real tense. And Eric was all type of and gold, digging ass bitches. And Safari already knew what she was when he got her. He should have known not to get her pregnant. Blah, blah, blah. And the women being like, are y'all fucking kidding me? Like daycare is about $2,000. They have two kids, two kids, $4,000 a month for two kids. That ain't shit for a person who's making money like Safari, because let's say he's not even making a million, right? Let's say he he grosses about 500000 a year. Um, That's still a nice amount of money. So yeah. so, yeah, if y'all are in the, if y'all are here, I don't know, you can't leave comments on all the platforms. But if there's a platform, and you can leave comments, or you can come to our Instagram, let us know y'all thoughts on is this a lot of money? <laughs> is this not <laughs> enough money? Will we be saying the same if safari had full custody and it was erica who had to pay the amount right do we expect men have to pay all this child support when it's the other way around you know we, we look at it different i don't know i'm i feel like i'm in a weird space I, my parents weren't together my parents had joint custody um and so i have like a lot of thoughts and feelings on these situations sometimes but my mama was very much fuck him and his money i don't need the <laughs> motherfucker for shit i don't even want shit if he give it yeah. he give it but fuck them. <laughs> I'm not asking for a motherfucking thing. But my mother also had the privilege to be able, to, you know, it's a privilege to an extent. A lot of people when they are quote unquote begging the other parent to, you know, contribute, it's because they're struggling like a motherfucker and they didn't make that baby by themselves. Where, you know, my mother had her sisters, my grandmother, and my grandma had a house. So there was like mm-hmm. a whole family network she had outside of what my father did and she was working. So let us know what y'all think about this. Who's trifling, Erica Safari or Twitter? <laughs> um, yeah. And then next up real quick, it's not really a docket rundown because it's not a case. But y'all know we, we um, did a previous case on my best friend, Megan the mm-hmm. Stallion. <laughs> and so... Um, we did our case was about Tory, the Cal- state of California versus Tory Lanez, because mm-hmm. Tory Lanez was accused of shooting Megan. And so it's you know we talked about all the drama and shit with that situation in that episode. Y'all can find it on our playlist if you want to hear it. But long story short, my former love of my life been a stand since <laughs> DeGrassi when none of you motherfuckers even had digital cable. I was telling my cousin. I was like oh it's this boy (laughs) he's half white and he's from canada and he moved into my daddy's apartment and he my boyfriend because in my head nobody like nobody else had digital cable because me and my dad had it like when it first came out and um, um, um um i assumed nobody else read the credits when the whatever it takes song came on so i was like his name is aubrey not jimmy but Aubrey, I'm like, she ain't she not reading the credits, she don't know his government name. So anyway, <laughs> I'm saying that's been Bay from Jump Street. But fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, <laughs> fuck Put his own dick behind between his legs and up into his <laughs> ass to fuck himself with it. That's how I feel about Aubrey, motherfucking Drake Graham at this point. So Aubrey, Drake, wheelchair Jimmy, bitch boy. Put out an album with 21 Savage. And uh, he has a line in one of his ridiculous, simp ass, woe is me, I need some antidepressant songs. He made, he took some shots at Megan. And the lines say, This bitch lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. So I feel like he tried to, if this quote is correct, right? He's trying to, like, play like this bitch lies about getting shots. Shots as in the way, like, people will call, like, ass shots, right? And, but she's still a stallion, right? Like, another word to mean, like, thick, right? So he's trying to make it seem like he's not talking about Megan, right? He's not saying she lied about getting shot, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to make it seem like, oh, like, you know, she she, she lies about getting shots, but she's still a stallion, she mm-hmm. didn't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. It's just like go that that was whack. Okay. And then the other line that people assume was for her is um shorty said she graduated college. Megan graduated, I believe, from TSU or uh-huh. something. To try to forgive me. It's a lot of ca- colleges down south. <laughs> but she graduated from a college in Texas. There's pictures of her literally getting her degree, her diploma, everything. But haters who didn't even graduate from high school are <laughs> saying that Shorty said she graduated, but she didn't learn enough. Play your album one track, okay? I heard enough. Shut the fuck up. When Megan first came out, <laughs> Mike was drooling over her ass breath. Drooling. And uh, Megan was, like, unimpressed. They had pictures together, but I'll get into what I think happened a little later. So now all of a sudden, play the like album one track. K, heard, shut the fuck up. You used to quote her shit, boy. Bye. Any motherfucking ways. So then Megan responded and was like, "Stop using my shooting for clout, bitch ass bleep. Since when is it cool to joke about women getting shot? You bleep, especially rap bleep, are lame. Ready to boycott about shoes and clothes." a dog pile on a black woman when she say one of y'all homeboys abused her then she also made another tweet and was like y'all remember what she say telling them to um remember all their favorite ho-ass rappers when the truth about the case finally comes to light um so that was megan's response On one hand, I wish Megan would stop responding to these motherfuckers. I wish she would go on her Beyonce shit Mm -hmm. and pay these motherfuckers dust. You feel me? Like, you give them what they want when you respond to their bitch ass little shots. You know what I'm saying? Let the motherfuckers talk like Beyonce do. Pay them dust because they're beneath you. It's not worth you to respond to these clowns. But, you know, what's the saying? Like, a queen doesn't get off her throne to address peasants. Like, bitch don't address these peasants fuck them (laughs) so great to go do another boozy ass disco album anyways so so,
1: wait quick question so so you think that he didn't mean what so meg thinks that he he used that he was saying that he was talking about the shooting but you're saying he was talking about
0: like plastic surgery I think that he thought he had a really cool double entendre ah, to set it up. Okay,
1: okay, uh-huh. I get it. Uh huh.
0: And so, because you know, he can be like, oh, so "I wasn't even, even talking worse about of her." of an
1: insult.
0: Right, and then, because that's why I think he might have said, Shorty don't even get the joke. She's still smiling, as if she was going to hear that song and not get it was about her. Because it sounds like he's just talking about bitches who got ass shots, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of frowned upon. Like, oh, you fake, you got your ass done. But what? she's so thick, so I ain't even tripping. Right? And like, oh, Shorty probably laughing at that. She ain't get the joke. Um, So I think he thought he was setting up a little cool double entendre with his basic learning ass. But anyways... <laughs> Motherfucker took Hooked on finest in sixth grade and all of a sudden, like, boy, it was bitches gassing you this whole time because we thought you was fine and you was emo and depressed and unnecessarily emotional and toxic, so we loved you. But don't think, don't think you're the greatest lyricist to ever do it, motherfucker. Like, you ain't pop, you ain't Nas, nice, you feel me? You a fucking, I mass Canadian. Oh, Lord Jesus, love me. I'm getting beside myself. <laughs> okay, Steve May and Kiki were law and pop culture meets. Let me remember who I am, a lawyer, okay. Um, so as I was saying, yes, um, in my opinion, Aubrey Drake Graham um, is a bitch boy who <laughs> got slapped by Diddy and peed on by one of um, T.I.'s homeboys, per Pusha T and other rappers. He took those shots at, at Megan, because Nicki Minaj no longer likes Megan because Megan did a song with Cardi some years ago at this point, And Nicki hates everybody who works with Cardi. So like Megan, or Nicki worked with Megan. And then after that, Megan did a song with Cardi. You an up and coming rapper. You you know, if, if the person who's chopping, chopping, what, oh, I can't even speak, topping charts, wants to work with you, you work with them. Yeah. So Nicki, Nicki was upset because anytime you work with Cardi, she gets upset. It's the whole thing. That's also why recently she dissed Kanye. Now Kanye done made disrespectful ass comments about our people for the last few years. Mm -hmm. She ain't never gone off on them, but he do a song with Cardi and all of a sudden Nicki Minaj is calling him a clown ass bleep at a a recent concert. Mm -hmm. And Drake also dissed him in his album talking about um, made some reference to like you working with the ops um like you're working with the opposition you know you're working with our haters people i don't fuck with and he said that it was about the other, the rest of the line he made it was clear it was about Kanye and that you working with the ops is about cuz he worked with Cardi B i'm pretty sure and it's just like okay like so that shot all them shots is tacky the shot you took at Meg was tacky and low and all this type of back and forth is what I would expect to see from somebody you actually have beef for. Like when Pusha T went in on your entire life, talked about how some dude peed on you in the movie theater and you didn't even do shit, told the whole world you had a son that you was keeping quiet. Like dudes go in on Drake and he'd be having nothing to say. But a girl who, who's never said anything about you. Oh, you got time to come at her? Hmm? Yeah, with the girl and all over a girl who is married, who ain't never gave you no play, who has friendstoned you since day one, but you drooled over her, (laughs) Nikki, and uh, like so much so, like like you're doing this all behind Nikki Minaj to the extent where. You and also Rihanna have unfollowed Megan because Nikki don't like her no more. Rihanna, this is all alleged. Rihanna, um, um, Megan used to be a part of Fenty Savage and then Rihanna, all of a sudden, she wasn't a part of, um, Megan wasn't a part of Savage. So people assume Rihanna must have fired her because Megan no longer had a collection. And this is all around the time when Rihanna posted a picture, her and Nicki Minaj became friends again she was hanging out with Nicki Minaj and her convicted sex offender husband, and with ASAP Rocky. And then shortly after, you saw Drake and Rihanna unfriend Megan, and you saw Megan's Fenty collection go down, allegedly. And Ooh, so it this all is
1: definitely the tea, <laughs> girl.
0: And so it's all over y'all's favorite almost forty-year-old a spoon coon who. <laughs> <laughs> Who is mad that Megan Nostalgia get engaged in a business endeavor with the colleague that Nicki Minaj didn't like? I mean, that's that's my claim. That's my thoughts. My alleged thoughts, along with a whole bunch of other people on Black Twitter and a whole bunch of blogs. So I'm not I'm not alone. But so after that, Nicki and Cardi have been like. Adversaries ever since, and then anytime somebody works with Cardi, if they were cool with Nikki before and they worked with Cardi, Nikki cuts them off and gets pissed in the motherfucker.
1: So wow. that's
0: that's the background.
1: Yeah, I just remember seeing because I remember um, Cardi B had like a, you know, Britney Spears does those like text Instagram stories where she just takes a picture of her text and shares Uh it. I remember Cardi B did something a couple of years ago where Uh she's like, um, she's like, just saying like, I let you talk big shit about me. Uh, I've worked hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success blah 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 so like one of those like text things just like britney does so that's that's pretty much what i remember because it's pretty rare to see i think Mm -hmm. kanye does that too sometimes but yeah so it's rare when people do that where they just go just like post text about their rant as a picture on instagram
0: It's like people think that's the professional version of going off on a social media rant, you know, like instead of just making it to caption, you're like, I'm gonna type yeah. this shit in notes and now I'm a screenshot. It's
1: like, okay, girl, go off, A go professional off. letter to the world.
0: Right. <laughs> to whom it may concern, here is my screenshot <laughs> from my notes app.
1: Britney Spear does, to whom it may concern,
0: fuck my dad. <laughs> that's her, that's her. Literally, <laughs> fuck my dad, and when I was in that place, <laughs> When I was in that place and they took 15 miles of blood, and I'm like, okay, girl, look, at this point, write a fucking book, because I'm tired of seeing these tweets. I'm tired of seeing these posts. i tired of seeing these rants. you looking crazy as hell. Like, I love you. I support you, but like, girl, like, I'm on one hand I'm like F respectability but I hate for a motherfucker to like know they got me or they got to me so I'm like girl like put up a wall and like boss the fuck up like stop pouring out your erratic poorly spelled and poorly punctuated emotions every three days like girl write a book and make a few millions off that since you don't want to go on tour no more like people need me as a manager and life coaches for real for real like I would have all y'all on some non shit you feel me but I digress.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, sorry for
0: the tangent. I know Go I've ahead. A lot. I know I cursed a lot, and I had a lot of ill words for Mr. Aubrey Graham. I apologize if I offended y'all senses. I hope it doesn't reflect. I hope it doesn't reflect adversity on my professional my my, my professionalism. You know, this is a podcast. This is not me at work. So, yeah. Drake is the bitch, baby. Um, but, I, you know, I still probably listen to this old shit. You won't re- really hear me catching, or you won't catch me listening to this, this new shit probably after this. But I probably still listen to that old shit because it literally was like the background to like six years of my life. But that is all for the docket rundown. Thank y'all for bearing with me um, and going off on all these tangents. <laughs> um, and so I think our main topic today we are covering The Watcher. And I think I'll hand it over to Karee now and let her let her take us into the second segment of the podcast.
1: Yes, yeah. So right now, The Watcher is on Netflix. This was like a top 10 show for a couple months. I don't know where it's at now, given that all these other new shows came out, but we did have a request from a friend of mine to cover it. Um, and what's really funny is that this case was a big deal for our first-year writing class, We were assigned, um, you know, to represent one of the sides and argue under the law why our client should get what we're seeking. And so one of the first things that I'll just say um, is that um, this Netflix, I watched the Netflix show and the Netflix show says that it's, you know, based on a true story. But I feel like it's basically pure fiction because they don't tell you what's real and what's not real. And, like, most of the things that happened in this show wasn't real. Um, So that's why I felt like this would be a good thing to talk about. Because if you're watching it and you're, like, oh, based on a true story. I mean, I I have watched some things that are based on a true story. And it's mostly, like, aligns with reality. And then there's some fictionalization. But this is basically the Netflix show is, like, all made up. Um, Like, the only thing that's true... (laughs) Is that there was a house that these people bought and then they received letters. So let's let's get into it. I have a copy of the plaintiff's complaint. It was filed in the Superior Court of New Jersey, Union County, and it was filed in June, June 2nd, 2015. The plaintiffs are Derek and Maria Broadis, and they bought a house at 657 Boulevard Westfield, New Jersey. On June 2nd, 2014, um, they are from New York City, so they're not from the area um, and don't really know like the area and the neighborhood. Um, the defendants um, who are the sellers are John and Andrea Wood, and they all. The other defendant is a John Doe, which is the watcher, because this person who calls himself the watcher claims a right of ownership and possession to the house. And so basically these sellers um, um, bought a house. Oh, well, and so right before they're closing, you know how a house has to close in order for the sale to go through. So May 26th, before the house closed, the defendants who are the sellers received a letter from the watcher um, that they have information that a new family is going to buy the house and that the washer himself claims a right to the house. Um, I don't have a copy of the letter, um, because I don't think that the, the complaint that I had doesn't have something connect, you know, doesn't have exhibits attached. It might, but I just don't have that copy. I tried to look it up on LexisNexis with our basic account and I could not get a copy of it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I think the, the complaint is enough and, um, And so basically, the sellers did not disclose that they got this letter um, to the buyers. And so... Wait, what did the
0: letter say, though?
1: So the first letter only said, like, we know that a new family is buying the house um, and this house is our house. We have a right of possession to 657 Boulevard. So the first letter is not like the next series of letters that they get. But Mm. the plaintiff's um, complaint alleges that the sellers knew that this letter was threatening or ominous and that the disclosure was so important that it would defeat the transaction um, and that they hid that from the buyers and that they should have disclosed the letter. Um, So... Um, The first letter that the buyers got was three days after closing on June 5th, 2014. And the letter does track with what Netflix aired. That letter says, this home has been the subject of my, meaning the Watchers family for decades. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Why are you here? I will find out. Now that they have to flaunt it, they pay the price. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with young blood I requested? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I asked the woods to bring me young blood. So, so yeah. So like given that supposedly the first letter was like, not as ominous and threatening the defendants, the sellers are like, Oh, well, you know, that wasn't like something we had to disclose because we didn't think it was particularly threatening. But the second letter after a close alleges that they had, they had asked the woods right. He, he says, I asked the woods to bring me young blood. So it's like, (laughs) so after that first letter, um, they received two additional letters. So the first letter they got June 5th, the second letter they got, um, June 18th and the third, they got July 18th. And those letters were in the same vein as the first letter it was like, have they found the walls yet? In time, they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Have you found all the secrets it holds? Will the young blood play in the basement? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in the bed, in which bedroom, so I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. You have changed it and made it so fancy. It cries for the past and what it used to be in the time when I roamed its halls, when I ran room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. And now I watch and wait for the day when they young blood will be mine again. 657 is turning on me. It is coming after me. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Stop changing it and let it alone. So those are the letters. Um, I mean, they're really weird given that the family had not moved in. Unlike the show, the buyers never moved into the home. After the first letter, they were like, oh, hell no. And they never moved in. And they said it was due to stress, anxiety, and fear because they had three minor children. And so they refused to move in. So it's just weird because the letters are like, Oh, why did you change it? And so I did some research and there was no like there was no work done to the house. Like they literally the they bought the house June 2nd, they got the first letter June 5th, and they never moved in. And in the show, they show that a family moves in. There's two children, not three, and they start making renovations to the place. And so that's where you kind of see like the letters making sense, but in the real world that never happened.
0: That's so interesting because I watched, and my this was not even planned. I just happened to, I think maybe one of my favorite true crime YouTubers made the video because the show came out on Netflix, but I didn't even know about the show on Netflix. And so she was doing a true crime um, episode on it. And she was saying that they never moved in but that they had started renovations on it um, while they were still in their other house. And so like the comments about why are you changing it? Blah, blah, blah. was because they had, they were renovating it. They hadn't moved in, but like they had hired contractors and stuff.
1: Mm, Well, maybe they hired contractors, but I couldn't find something. I'm sure the true crime podcaster has a site to it, but I couldn't find that they had actually started making any changes um but maybe they knew somehow that they had plans or that was just something that they had talked about like in the sale of the house of somebody that they had planned to make changes The buyers claim in their complaint though that they that they had claimed that they had not moved in or planned to do anything with the house because they received the first letter June 5th. And the first letter was material material enough for them to never have wanted to go, go through with the transaction. So that was Mm -hmm. like, that's the, that's the buyer's side of the complaint. Um. Mm -hmm. And so instead, they tried to sell the house, and then they when they decided to sell the house, they felt like they had to disclose the letters and so they were unable to sell the home and So If you go to Zillow, you can see like you know when they got the house in twenty fourteen for one point three five million, and then they listed it for sale at like one point five, and then you see the price going down and down. And then they listed it for rent, which is when they supposedly got another letter, which we'll talk about. And then they removed it from renting, and then they sold it at a pretty big loss of $995,000. Um, Hold
0: on. Do I see this right? That they rented it for 5000 fucking dollars a month?
1: <laughs> yeah. What
0: the? 5000 yeah i'm sure it's just Westfield... like if you have five thousand to blow on rent if you have five thousand to blow on rent why aren't you buying a house like i I don't like you clearly yeah, have you money could probably if you have buy five thousand just for rent
1: yeah i was gonna say you could probably buy that house for nine hundred thousand dollars if you pay five thousand dollars a month but um, right
0: the life of the rich i tell you um
1: and also because they had listed this for sale, I pulled up a YouTube video of the house. It's not close to being as large as the Netflix house. The kitchen looks nothing like the Netflix house, um, and yeah, the house did didn't
0: see... look anything. Regular.
1: No, no. Sorry. Yeah, no. I mean the the Netflix house. They make it look like uh this like really like mansion like place. You know um that looks really impressive, but yeah this house just looks like a a normal rich suburb house (laughs) in on the east coast um and so yeah it sold for under 950,000 in 2019 to Andrew and Allison Carr their names are in the public records and covered in news articles so I think it's fine to share their names um Mm -hmm. and the other random thing I want to pull up just say even though this is not you know like legal related but i'm like they paid like over twenty thousand dollars in tax for this house that they could not sell for years like every year they had to pay like twenty two thousand dollars in taxes for a house they could not get rid of and you can just see every year they try to like sell this house and they were unable to until
0: 2019 um, you know if I if I hadn't been a lawyer because you know we take like although people oaths and we're supposed to uphold a certain amount of dignity of the legal profession maybe that's why I shouldn't have been cursing like I was anyways but look at here if I wasn't a lawyer I don't know if I would have disclosed them letters like at, at this point in my life being who I am I would feel I would have had to disclose those letters because to not do it could affect my, my license but if I wasn't a lawyer
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what what i mean definitely i totally think that like so they so i guess they're they're honest right they hold to their senses because they're like had you disclosed this i would not have bought it and so they're like we feel yeah. compelled because we feel feel like fear and safety for our children so i feel like their mm-hmm. story like holds true um and i just say that because i'm going to bring up something some like theory later but Before I do that, I just wanted to say what the fourth letter was. So in 2017, um, they got a fourth letter from The Watcher, and I I could not download um, the plaintiff's attorney's brief uh, for the 2017 one. Um, I couldn't get a copy of it, unfortunately. I'd probably have to have my friend who's in the New Jersey court system get it for me. And I was like, we're doing this tonight. I don't have time for that. <laughs> so, um, but it, a news article covers that the letter contains specific threats. This was after like the renter got went onto the property and that letter contains specific threats and was more derogatory and sinister than any of the previous letters, which is what the attorney alleges. Um, and, and then the only thing that, you know, I couldn't get a copy of the letter, but they just say that the, that the start of the letter says like violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Um, so yeah, so that was the fourth letter. Um, so I think they only got four letters in total because I think the person never like, you know, because they never moved into the house and they just had it like empty. And then when a renter came in, then they sent another letter, but it doesn't seem like they bothered the renter. Um, Some, I think NewJersey.com, they sent a reporter over to the house and knocked on the door and asked them like um, to give a comment on it or if he had anything to say. And he was like, it's none of my business and it does not affect me. So to me, that makes me feel like, the person writing the letters hasn't done or targeted the renter, Um but I let me check the Zillow. I think they, let's see, when did they it was listed for rent January 2018 and it was removed May 2018. I mean, so they only stayed there for like less than five months. So <laughs> and then it was empty until 2019, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know if I believe this guy. Yeah, rented for five months. I thought
0: that um exact five thousand dollars. I think like I think I had heard that the the what are they called? The owners had like gave them an escape clause essentially. Like, if you get any of these letters, you can break your lease. So hmm. I think uh I think they got something came in the mail, and that's why they dipped that for five months.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he said no comment to a reporter, but, well, he said, he said no comment, but then he was like, it doesn't affect me, and therefore I give no comment, but, so he kind of said something, but yeah, it's, it's weird that he would move out so fast. Um, in another letter it had said, um, you know, like around 2017, 2018, it had said like, you wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots, maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be, or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I watched you from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. The letter read in reference to Derek's attempt to locate the watcher. So that kind of sounds like Derek, the, I mean, there, there is no like corroboration of this, um but he's alleging that Derek did go to the house and look for the watcher um but i don't you know i haven't seen any corroboration by the person themselves or the attorney and the complaint say that so but that's that's interesting and 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 weird um so they try to get rid of this house in 2016 by like demolishing it and replacing it with two new houses, which is interesting. So I'm like, I still feel like the watcher would be watching the property just now two, two houses, but maybe they were doing it as like a form of revenge because <clears throat> the guy was like, I'm. Mm-hmm he's like I've had this house or like he's said he's saying his family's had this house since the 1920s so maybe it's their way of like getting revenge of trying to demolish the house that this person claims they have a right to and making two new ones but surprising not surprisingly actually not surprisingly at all neighborhood residents um said no <laughs> and they did their public comment and was like smaller lots is out of character with our big, rich suburb neighborhood and we cannot have two small houses.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: And so what's interesting?
0: Keep that peasant peasant shit in the city. (laughs) Do not bring that peasant shit here. People
1: people (laughs) in San Francisco are so bad. So there's something called like discretionary review in San Francisco. And I saw on our like neighborhood Facebook page, um, there was somebody mm-hmm. who is like making an addition or change to their house. And so somebody was like, this is going to block our access to sunlight and blah, blah, blah. And like has this whole thing about it. So I decided to walk up to that neighborhood because I'm like, wait, this is a rich neighborhood. I know this neighborhood. So I go up there and I go to the house that made that claim. And it's literally already it's taller than the house that wants to make a horizontal addition. It's already taller. And then it has That's... across from it a big giant mansion that already is, quote, unquote, blocking their sunlight. And so,
0: yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, did you, did you use Barbary?
1: No, I didn't use Barbary. I used Themis.
0: Oh, it just reminded me of, oh my God, her name was like Paula something. She's from the East Coast. She's so funny. I love her. But <laughs> oh my goodness, is like so fucking lame. but it's um, there's it's a word for it. it's a type of easement where it's like you can't the easement. it's like a negative easement to not and like the, the example she gave was like, was touring through Boston and there's like some building that has like these gigantic like mirrors on the whole building and you get there's a church below it that gets this amazing light and it's a huge uh, tourist attraction and somebody wanted to build something that would block that light on that church I believe and the light The building wasn't created to give that church light or anything, but it had become a use of their property. I don't know, but I'm like bastardizing the story. But like, there's a thing called a negative easement where, like, you can prevent somebody from like blocking your access to sunlight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that makes sense, but I'm like pretty sure these people made it up because I visited their house and their house is taller (laughs) and bigger. Then the house next to them, like significantly, and then across from them, they have another house that's actually taller and bigger than their already tall and big house. So the house next to them is smaller, and it's just doing like a horizontal um, addition. But I think the reason why they like, they did a discretionary review thing is because they don't want the construction noise, because it's going to bother them for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Construction, like a year. And people hate it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why. And they're trying to use that concept that you just said, the negative easement. But like when I went and visited the house, I was like, this makes no sense. Like you're just lying. Like you have the bigger and much taller house. And I saw the application for the addition. Mm-hmm. And it's in their like backyard to like extend their property into their backyard. And people on the oh, Facebook page God. were telling the person who has the house, they're like, Oh, just put in an objection with discretionary review because it'll delay their ability to do stuff for for years. Just do that. I'm like, so people literally do stuff like out of spite, like they use this like process in a really like negative, non neighborly way against people in San Francisco. Just so you just so y'all know. Um and I really think down on Facebook people. What'd you say? Wait, what'd you say? I said it's on right it's on Facebook like in this group so Mm. Um, it's it's publicly there they say they're not a public group but they have like I wonder if you could legally argue that they are because I think they have like 80,000 members in their group so I'm like are you really private if you have 80,000 members
0: (laughs) I don't know I don't know
1: if that would hold up
0: Cause plus, like, they say, like, okay, we're a private group, but all you have to do is ask to join, and typically, like, Facebook groups let you in. Like, you just agree to be nice and not curse people out, and they let you in. So, like, yeah, you're private, but anybody can access you still.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, but anyway, so, I don't know what you were saying. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent, everybody.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, um, I was just saying, that behavior is, like, I wouldn't have expected anything nicer from San Franciscans. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know why people think, like, the West Coast or San Francisco is nice. I can tell you from living in New York City and being in New York, like, at least New York people are, like, direct about stuff, whereas San Francisco people, I feel like they're two-faced, like this neighborhood group says, and, like, everybody says how friendly they are, but they're really, like, not friendly at all yeah it's 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 so bizarre to me but yeah the community is not there in San Francisco community is like not a concept
0: (laughs) no I mean I mean I'm not from there but I from what I from what I've seen of it I wouldn't think I mean it's just a whole bunch of rich people like for the most part not everybody right but like it takes a lot of money to be able to live in San Francisco so like they're usually, like, snooty rich people, a lot of Tech Valley people, or they're, like, old old San Francisco, and their family has already mm-hmm. been there and had money, and they're, like, irritated by all these tech bros and shit coming in from, like, sometimes from the inner city or from, mm-hmm. like, fucking Montana, and it's just, like, yeah, no, San Francisco is a hellhole, but sorry, I digress. <laughs> <sighs>
1: but, yeah, so anyways, what's interesting is that the broadest is you know, the, the buyers filed suit in court seeking an order to overturn the board's decision in 2017. I'm assuming it failed. Again, I could not find a copy of that because, um, I just did not have any luck with finding their information in a docket. When I looked it up, it said zero coming up with their names. So, um, but yeah, so, um, the last thing I want to talk about is going to like something that I talked about earlier. So there's an article written by Lauren Evans at the Gothamist. Um, It's like a nonprofit newspaper website. Um, And she wrote that article in summer 2015. She actually showed up to the, to the town and they interviewed the leader of the town's like local paper. And that person's name is Horace Corbin. And his theory is that, and they actually cover this in Netflix as a possible theory is that the new owners wrote the letters to themselves to get out of their million dollar mortgage. Um, And he alleges that they came from a $300,000 Scotch Plains house. I'm not sure where that is located. Let me do a quick search. Scotch Plains. Oh, that's, that's in New Jersey. So he claims that they came from a $300,000 Scotch Plains house and on that house, they had a $100,000 mortgage. So he's like, they could never afford a million dollar mortgage. It was beyond their means. However, though, these people had that $300,000 house 10 years before the new house. So that's like 1994. So I'm sure $300,000 in 1994 is a lot more in 2014 dollars. I don't know what it appreciate to, but I'm sure it wouldn't be one point three five million, but I'm like, I don't know if I agree with your theory. I'm like they had not closed yet, and the first letter was sent may twenty six They could have gotten out of the closing if they supposedly wrote the own their the own letter and been like, um, like so so something people should know is like, ask lots of questions when you're when you're buying a house because if you ask questions the seller is required to disclose so like I feel like if the buyer really wanted to get out of um closing they could have asked the seller um have you ever received like um any any like straight have you ever received any like um threatening mail and they could literally have made up like in in new york city when i rented an apartment i got some threatening notes from neighbors and it really concerned me right i think i would buy that and so then the seller would be required to say yes i got this letter Mm -hmm. so i'm just like i don't know that doesn't make sense to me that they would write their own letter before closing um and then the other thing is, this is what you said before, is like, why would they disclose the letters when they were selling the house? If they really wanted to get rid of their one point three five million dollar property and get out of their million dollar mortgage, why would they prejudice themselves and mm. disclose the letters?
0: No, so I'm, the like, I'm
1: like, I'm like. I don't know if I like buy this guy's theory. He's like so set on it. Cause he talked to a reporter. He was on the record and they even covered it in the Netflix thing. as a possible thing, but I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like you would just, if you really wanted to get rid of the house, you would not have disclosed the letters. Like if you had a financial problem and also they had the house for so many years, 2014 to 2019, and they were actually like bankrupt, the creditors would have come after the house.
0: Mm. So I'm like, I
1: don't know. I was like, I don't I don't know if I buy that. I don't I don't know if I buy that they didn't have the money because they never moved in and they live somewhere else and continue to pay the mortgage on that house in the twenty-two thousand dollar property tax every year from twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen that they couldn't sell the house.
0: Mm. So I'm like,
1: that doesn't make sense to me that they just made it up. So I don't, I don't believe that
0: theory. Plus, I mean, so from what, at least how the person I had like heard about it from, like they bought this house, like you said, 10 years ago, they they bought this house and okay, it was 300,000 um, that it was like, he was, they were just starting out, right? Like they were just starting out, they were just getting married. Um, and so the fact that they paid $300,000 for a house 10 years ago and you're like so clearly they can't afford this new one you don't know what his raises look like you know what i mean like yeah okay they owed a hundred thousand more on the house from my understanding that's not really a lot to owe on your mortgage a hundred thousand and they could have been like we can pay this off and then sell it i don't know if that's a common tactic though i think if you owe you know if you owe money on your house still you're just like well we can sell this you know at you know three times the price and pay the bank back from the sale price and still make a profit. So like you, you wouldn't be like, Oh, I want to sell my house, but I owe 100,000. Let me pay that off first. I don't think like that's a normal way of thinking when it comes to um, buying or selling property. So the idea that they, bought a house for 300,000 10 years before had only $100,000 on it for the person to say they couldn't afford the $1.3 million house. When I'm sure they had to still qualify for a loan and Mm -hmm. banks typically aren't giving out loans where like the, you know, like, I don't know the right words for it, but it's like you, like I probably, I could not get a loan for a $1.5 million house in Piedmont. If I could, I I would have one right now. Like they're going to look at my income and be like, yeah, you're never going to pay this back. Even with this loan we give you, like you're still going to have to pay like 6,000 a month and like you can't afford that. It would be a stupid business deal for us as the bank to even give you this loan. You're going to default on it. No. (laughs) So although these people are white, so I don't know what white mm-hmm. privilege may have afforded them. But okay. so yeah, the claim that like, oh, they were just living outside of their means. They couldn't afford this house and that's why they did that. And then to base it on the fact that 10 years ago, they purchased a house for 300,000 and had 100,000 remaining on it. I don't think that sets up a good base for the argument that therefore they it's clear they couldn't have afforded the house. And like you said, they were paying for that house, maintaining a separate residence because they didn't want to move in. Then they were paying property taxes on it. We I don't think there was any info information that they ever bankrupted or nope. you know, I think that would have that people would have made that public. So yeah, they clearly had some money to blow, <laughs> you know. So it's like, um, and when you say, there's no way they could have afforded a 1.3 million dollar house. They were going to have a mortgage, right? Like, no, they didn't put one one million down, right? They were going to have a mortgage and have to work towards paying it off over a series of years. So, yeah, just that theory. I'm like, uh, again, y'all let us know. I'm not, I own no property, <laughs> so let us know if our how I'm how I'm thinking about it makes any sense in terms of how houses and money work. Or if the reporter was right. And it's like, nah, they clearly couldn't afford that. They fumbled. But then, like you said, I, I thought there was a whole bunch of easier ways to get out of this situation if mm-hmm. that was what they had wanted to do, was just to get out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was actually surprised. So when I was in law school, I was assigned to, to, to write for the plaintiffs. And so the plaintiffs are the buyers. And so I still feel like I still feel like the buyers, you know, I'm on the buyer's side. The judge, you know, disagreed. They said, like, the linchpin of the case is that one letter because the one letter had been received before closing. Um, and so Woods had said, like, um, you know, uh, Woods and Woods' attorney had said, like, oh, the letter was not, like, really threatening. And... um and I wasn't I wasn't concerned about it at all. That's why I didn't say it. However, in this article that's covering you know Judge Kenny's decision, which I could not download, they the reporter says that Judge Kenny noted in the decision that Andrea Woods um, had gone to the police with Maria Broadus to make a report after closing on the house. So I'm like, if you didn't think it was if you thought it was just non-threatening um then um then like why did you go to the police um the judge did refuse to dismiss the the case but the reporter covers that judge kenny said in the decision that the woods can seek summary judgment of the case in their in their favor because um judge kenny said like I don't know if it's, if the evidence is only that one letter, right? Because the other letters reference that they had talked to Woods before. So maybe it's possible that the attorneys could like through discovery, get access to those other letters. We have no idea. I'm just making this up. Right. So it was the Mm -hmm. judge. The judge is like, you know, I don't know if there's more and they're like, so, so the judge is like, if there's more, right. Then, um, she's like there might be more discovery so i refuse to dismiss their case however if there's only that one quote-unquote non-threatening letter and that's the only information the sellers had then the woods may seek summary judgment of the case in their favor Mm -hmm. so that's that yeah so the the judge didn't dismiss it but um you know i just thought that was interesting but i feel like i don't really know how discovery works (laughs) but i'm like i don't know if you would be able to like um i don't know how you would be able to get like a copy of that unless you like knew it knew it existed somehow but yeah so you you said
0: that you said that the Woods lady, she went with Maria Broadus to file a report about the first letter that they had got?
1: Yes, that is what um, one of the articles on the NewJersey.com website, the reporter covered. That's what they said that the, that the judge noted in her um, decision that Woods had gone to the police with Maria Broadus, the buyer, to make a report after the closing on the house about that one letter.
0: Yeah, I just I'm like, like going back to like the theory of them, them doing it themselves. It's just OK. So that would have meant that they had to send the first letter to the people before they had even sold the house to them. Right. They would mm-hmm. have to send the letter to the woods before they sold the house to set this all up and then say nothing about it. <laughs> Not ask the proper questions, like you said, so that they could have got out of the closing. Right. Um and then call her ask her about the letter then have her file a police why would they do this like i I, i'm not getting the like i like because even just say okay they messed up there was a plan but they effed up somewhere they didn't calculate everything outright they made some errors some missteps and that's why it all like fumbled in like it was a whole bunch of drama for them it didn't work how they wanted it to work they didn't get out of it but like what was the original plan like hey let's buy a house that we know we can't buy and <laughs> are we know we can't afford and like right now before we even get the house Let's send the owners a letter and, like, act like we're stalking them. And then if we happen to buy the house, like, we'll keep sending ourselves crazy <laughs> letters before we even move in. And then
1: that's like- basically that's what Netflix contemplates is that it's the it's the male owner. And he's actually an attorney in the show. <laughs> uh, if you who yeah i don't think he is in real life but in yeah the show, he, he's an attorney and he doesn't make partner so he buys a house that he couldn't have afforded and so that was like oh. one of the theories is that he wrote like the letter to himself so yeah so i think yeah netflix just like combines the conspiracy theories of everything so i think you know people also gossip that like Oh, there's an adult child in the neighborhood with issues. So maybe it's him, which is just so like ableist too. Um, oh no, well, I, think, I
0: think that did happen. So that like, that's crazy. Like Netflix definitely did lie about a lot. Like I don't even want to watch a Netflix series anymore. They lied so much. But um, from the person who I was watching it too. And like, cause their whole point, like they, they do it without all the fanfare, right? They're just like telling, like they're supposed to be doing without that. But she said that there was a person in the neighborhood who was, I think he, um, they said he did have schizophrenia. He eventually got diagnosed with that. But everybody said like he was non-threatening, not that because you have schizophrenia, it means you're threatening or whatever. But there was a person who did have some like mental health issues and they did pin it on him and like it was a whole bunch of drama with that family because they were pissed that they were accusing their yes.
1: person. Yes, 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 that's what I mean. That's why I was like, I didn't say that very well, but yeah, that's what I was trying to say is that like they they like conspiracy theoried on this family without having any information and just were like, oh, this, this, this adult child like is not conforming with the ideal of what we want this neighborhood to be so we're going to pin it on this like adult child with issues um um, without actually knowing that it is that person and i think like there's no there's like no evidence to like say that it was this this like random person Um, yeah
0: is netflix trying to say like that the, the the rest of the neighborhood conspired to put it on this undesirable person personally um,
1: was undesirable no i think it was like a news article was covering that the town was talking about it like that maybe it was like this person who who did it and that and and so they were just like sharing that information why which is why netflix covered it as like a as like a as like a person of interest because the way the Netflix show is done is like it's like who done it mm-hmm. so they like go through the like possible suspects in the neighborhoods so they cover these like two neighbors who are very odd and creepy. And then they cover these other two neighbors that they basically characterize kind of as like Amish who have a child or like an adult with disability issues. So they like try to, they like go through the quote unquote different conspiracy theories of like, is it the neighbors with the adult that has mental issues? Is it that the guy wrote the letters to himself because he had money issues Or is it just these like random neighbors who um, don't want them to have the house. So that those are like the three, I think, central um, quote unquote conspiracy theories is what I'm calling them that Netflix goes through of like, who, who done it. And because they don't know who done it, they like leave it up in the air that it could be any of those three Mm -hmm. or that it was all of them at the same time, kind of like an Agatha Christie Novel, um, like of the murder of Orient Express. Um, if I want to like, um, ruin it for everybody, that it's like everybody like takes part in the, you know, in the downfall of this house and these people, I guess.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm, it's, I I. kind of want to watch watch the Netflix one now just to like juxtapose it about the like the one source that one other source I have but I trust her when the Netflix trifling sales because I'm just like wait what like oh they made it so salacious
1: no yeah Netflix made it really salacious I mean it's a, kind of smart but yeah but then like people don't really know what happened and they might like actually think because they don't tell you what's real and what's not real and they're right. just, like, based on a true story. People are like, oh my god somebody did try to burglarize a house. Oh my god, there was like the guy did write a letter to himself and try to get out of it. Um, yeah. So that's you know, because people don't really know and then when you Google it, you literally have to read a hodgepodge of articles. That's why I thought this was mm-hmm. good because you have to read so many different articles to like get the full picture because it happened in um 2014 2015 2017 2018 articles cover it 2019 articles cover it and -hmm. now 2022 so that's why i thought it would be good to cover because there's so much different information from different years covering like different things of the case um that i thought that would be interesting and again Mm -hmm. i don't really agree with the outcome of the case i feel like the letter is i mean I do agree with the case, but I don't. So I know that sellers are not necessarily required to um, give you information about important things unless you ask them. Like I think that that applies for. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that applies for if somebody died in the house. Is they don't have to tell you, or murdered in the house. They don't have to tell you unless. It affected the the sale of the house or or you asked them directly. They don't have to um, tell
0: you. I don't know. I feel like that might be it's different state by state, maybe, and the only insight I have to it is what I see on television shows. So <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like they do have to tell you, but I think I'm basing that off law and order. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I did a quick search. And so you're right in California, which this might not be the case in um, in other states. But in California, if there was a death that occurred within the last three years, then they must disclose it. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they don't need to disclose it. So let's say like 10 years ago, somebody in my apartment got like brutally murdered. Um, They don't have to disclose that unless I asked um Mm -hmm. so yeah so that that is um in california delaware you don't need to disclose anything georgia kentucky wisconsin same thing kansas ohio same thing vermont is the one that i said where it's required if if it affects the future use or value of the house i think Mm -hmm. i know that from like watching a horror movie (laughs) um new jersey you are not required to Unless it was due to toxic mold or <clears throat> carbon monoxide. Um, and yeah, and then um, all of the rest of the states are not required to disclose anything, but mm-hmm. agents cannot lie if asked. So, mm-hmm. literally, the only states that require it, which is why you are correct, is California and then Alaska and South Dakota if it was within the past year. So, that's three states out of like the rest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay Uh, yeah i i could see that i think that was like the california in the law and order in me i was like i think you have to but i don't own you're you're right
1: you're right because you 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 went to school here and you practiced law here and i did not i was from one of those states where i
0: did not learn shit about (laughs) that in law school i don't know what i learned in law school (laughs) i'm so that was that was law and order or fucking what was like the oh my god i forget her name but there was another one the watcher no the listener oh my god it was oh my god her name was like kira said said sedgwick and she was like this show anyway sorry let me stop but yes okay sorry back to what you're saying
1: <laughs> yeah no so i was just gonna say i feel like i don't really agree with that i feel like if somebody gets a letter you know that's like you know really bizarre I feel like I would want to disclose I do feel like it material like materially affects the value and like you saw later that that did but I think the only like avenue that these people would have in New Jersey is through their legislature which is like for them to have like better disclosure laws for selling mm, because um, in New just,
0: Jersey, you don't have to disclose
1: yeah Unless Mm -hmm. you, unless the death was due to toxic mold or carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm -hmm. Because I think they're assuming that, like, the toxic mold might still be on the property, Um, so you have to disclose that, or the carbon monoxide might, you might have an issue with the house if somebody had died from carbon Mm -hmm. monoxide. So those are the only two exceptions, but yes, I think,
0: you know, that'd have to be a legislative
1: change. Huh?
0: This wasn't even a death, it was a letter.
1: No, it was just a letter, but I'm just like, yeah, I think it's, it's, I feel like if I didn't have children, you know, they had three minors, so I can see their concern, but I feel like if I didn't have any children, I would show up on that property and I'd be like, I dare you, come, come,
0: that's, let's see. That's because you're you from New York. You're not from New <laughs> York City, but you're from New York because let me, I'm, I'm from Oakland, but that shit is, that's like, like that crazy, I don't want to be racist, but like, you know, like that, that old yeah. school, like, you know, I feel like us kind of people be like that's that white people crazy shit like <laughs> yeah. hell no like you want new blood in the wall hell no i'm not moving in i'm about to be destitute you will not get my black ass up in there no yeah call it
1: call my my partner called he was like you want you want to risk death and i'd be like i i want to i want to call chicken on their bluff i'm like <laughs> yeah, come, come. uh uh-uh.
0: is calling from here
1: yeah he's from here yeah from here. no <laughs>
0: nope we're not doing it that's that's crazy if it was somebody being like i don't like you when i see you i'm gonna beat your ass i'm gonna be like as long as you touch me first it's self-defense so run up but give me the the, the new blood on the walls and my family's been assigned from the 1920s then plus i'm black so i'm like okay the 1920s they might have been they might be like real staunch racist like his granny may have been a confederate i don't know what these white folks is talking about I'm already moving that into is- a rich, white suburb. Like, like, I'm not trying to end up the first person lynched in 2022. I'm finna, I'm finna go back to my $300,000 house. <laughs> nope. Y'all you're won.
1: so right. No, you're so right. But that's what I would do if Horace Corbin is saying that I'm as poor as I am. I would show up to that house and I'd be like, no, I'm gonna live here because I don't have the means to afford and I must stay.
0: <laughs> So, if it wasn't this guy who wrote these letters to himself, then, like, who did this? <laughs> like, who, who did this? And then stopped doing it once they sold the house.
1: Um. So, I feel like it was probably a neighbor, like, somebody who didn't want somebody who wasn't from the neighborhood to move in. So somebody in 2019 bought the house. I'm trying to see what their names are. Oh yeah, I had said this Allison Carr, um the cars. So they moved in in 2019 and um it was really hard to find information on this, but and also the New York Post is like a terrible source for information. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically just a gossip source, but they yeah. say that they were able to confirm with the police that the police had gone to their place twice because the alarm went off. And so they thought there was a burglary in the basement, but when Mm -hmm. they checked, there was nothing taken, nothing broken in. So two unconfirmed burglaries, another incident that the police came was for carbon monoxide alarm going off, but they found no carbon monoxide. And then Mm -hmm. there was another incident where EMTs were called but nobody knows why no information was provided. So yeah. So I think that these people had this house since 2019. I'd be really curious. I can actually do some research and look and see if the people who bought the house were from, were originally from the area. I'd be Mm -hmm. curious to see because then that would fall with what I think, which is that it's people. Maybe it was somebody from the area that didn't want an outsider <clears throat> to move right. in,
0: or like maybe these are like people from another rich neighborhood. You know?
1: Yeah. So I'm like, that's my theory. Is mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have faith in neighbors, and I've seen the things people write on Facebook, and I've seen the way people just like yell at people in neighborhoods. I don't know. I f- I feel like it was. I don't think it was the 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 people who bought the house it makes no sense to me i went through that whole thing i feel like it has to be a neighbor um because they didn't bother them the entire time somebody wasn't living there so Mm -hmm. it was just when somebody bought the house when the renter moved in and then after 2019 the new owners won't give any information if they've received letters Um, New York Post does report that they have seen that the police, they have, like, some confirmed information that the police have gone a few times, but it was only for alarms going off, which, again, the Netflix actually show covers, is that they're like, oh, the alarms went off, there might be somebody in the house type of thing, Um, and they've stayed there, Twenty, it's almost 2023 and they're still there. Not like they're returning left after five months,
0: or maybe they're just from New York, like you, and so they was like, Fuck it, like we you know we staying. And so that's the watcher, he's like coming in, he's messing when he's setting off these alarms, but there's no carbon monoxide or nothing is stolen. Or they went ahead and made a pact with the devil and gave the watcher <laughs> the new blood that he had been asking for. <laughs>
1: I will never know. I will be so curious if anybody cracks this case, it'll be Mm -hmm. so interesting. Um, And then if somebody cracks this case, I'd love to see the old owners sue them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that wraps up our discussion of the Watcher today. I hope you all liked it um, and that it was useful to learn about what was different from Netflix to here. You know, they gave you information about lots of different things, things the New York Post covered as possible (laughs) theories. Um, And it was actually entertaining to watch. There's actually one quick tangent before we end, which is that I had actually thought about dressing up as the people from the watcher because something i noticed after watching multiple episodes which was not just me it's a whole thread on twitter after i googled it is these white people who moved in they just wear like white and beige all the time in the show naomi watts and her husband it's just like the same and it's so bizarre to like see it over and over again these like super white blonde people wearing white and beige constantly it's a thing so i was like i was like should i dress up as this for halloween and then i was like i don't have any clothes like this i went to goodwill and i was like fuck it i don't want to buy shit just to like dress up as them but it's it's a thing that, See, that was Netflix so weird
0: character that was character malignment on This part making it look weird making my poor brotuses look
1: weird <laughs> yeah that was so unusual that they wore this uniform of white and beige um but yes okay so anyways that it we've got to the end of our show thank you so much for listening to us and um we're definitely going to have a couple more episodes before the end of the year comes out. And next year we'll have a, a more dedicated schedule to get these out on a more regular basis.
0: Yeah, hopefully.
1: <laughs> We're well, both Libras.
0: So. That, yeah. So we don't know what you're going to get, honestly, but <laughs> thank you all for listening. If you, if you got to this point, thank you. If you already hung up by now it's fuck you, but you don't even hear me. So it's whatever. Um, but no, we appreciate everybody who clicks and listens. Um, please like share, leave comments if you can, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.